Welcome to Restoration City Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed by this message. I'm going to read today from the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I just want you to keep that worship in your heart. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse number 15. We bless your name, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 15, and it says, And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and all he inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And you shall find them at the edge of the brook before the wilderness of Jerusalem. And you shall, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the, of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear, O Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and said praise the Lord for his mercies endureth forever and when they had began to sing and praise the Lord set ambushment against the children of Ammon Moab and Mount Seir which were come against Judah and they were smitten someone say amen I want to share today, thank you musicians, thank you. Thank you musicians, I appreciate it. And thank you worship team. They always get nervous when I'm leading worship because I'm unpredictable. And majority of my, my keys which I sing in, they can't sing in my key. So I have to keep changing to fit them and it doesn't always work. But I appreciate you singers, thank you so much. I want to share today on the power of my praise. Someone say the power of my praise. The power of my praise. And we're looking here in the book of Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It is a long chapter, but if I can bring a summary and help in terms of just to expedite time. One of the things I note about the enemy is whenever we are serious about the Lord and about his work, 
Satan would always begin to attack you. Whenever you fix yourself and you get serious about your faith and what you believe in, and you begin to pursue what you believe, what you're called to, there's always going to be some challenges and there's always going to be some kind of attack. And Satan likes to bring situations into our lives because the, the work of the enemy is to rub us from our purpose, to rob us of our peace, to rob us of our prosperity and to move us out of the will of God. And in this text, we will see how the enemy got defeated through the power of praise. Over the last month, I've been teaching on praise because it is so powerful when we begin to understand how powerful our praise is. When we open this chapter in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, we see that there were three tribes that was coming against Israel, against Judah. It was the tribe of Moab and Ammon and some of the people from the Ammonites who came and they wanted to do battle against Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat. And the Bible gives us the introduction that when they came to Jehoshaphat, they told Jehoshaphat in the opening chapter that there was a great multitude that have come against him. And the Bible says when Jehoshaphat, when he heard this, the first thing that, he, that happened to him he went into overdrive. He went into fear. When he saw the Moabites and the Ammonites and all the others that were coming to him, the natural instinct is that fear comes in. Because you're looking at a situation that you can't handle. And we have to understand part of what I want to, I'm teaching is that the keys, there are keys in overcoming spiritual attacks. There are keys that comes with overcoming spiritual attacks. And one of those keys that we use to overcome spiritual attacks is our praise. And the Bible says in the book of Chronicles, let me just open up my chapter. In the opening chapter, in Second Chronicles 20, let me get to the right place. Where are you? Don't run away from me. Yes, go this way. Yes. One of the things that Jehoshaphat done in verse number three, the Bible says, and Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout Judah. So here was a situation where Jehoshaphat, when he looked at what he had to face, he was afraid. He was afraid. And the first thing that he began to do is set his face 
to seeking the Lord. One of the key things in what we have to learn how to do when we get into a situation where it seems that we are in a, 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 a situation where it's greater than my ability. We've got to know how to set our face and seek the Lord. And we seek the Lord through prayer and through praise. Prayer is one of the greatest weapons. I know we tend to separate prayer and praise, but prayer and praise go together. Prayer and praise really go hand in hand together. And one of the greatest weapons we have as the children of God is knowing how to pray. And knowing how to go into the place of praise. And regardless of the situation, because Jehoshaphat found himself where the odds were stacked against him. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation when the odds are stacked against you. When it seems like what I have to face is greater than the ability I have. And this is what Jehoshaphat was, was facing. But I'm, in, I'm encouraged because as long as I have God on my side, even though I might be in the minority in numbers, but once God is on my side, I'm in the majority. I know that I'm going to win as long as I have God on my side. And so as people of God, we have to know how to engage ourselves in prayer. Because we will face situations and challenges that is greater than your natural ability. Where you are outnumbered. Where there are things that seem outside of your control. But you have to understand that we are people of God. I am a child of God. I'm not your average bod. I'm not your average man. I am a man of God. And they who know their Lord shall be strong and do great exploits. So I know the power that comes with prayer. And there are four assignments. There's four assignments that prayer brings. Four key things that prayer brings. Why it's so important. Number one, what prayer will bring is growth and transformation in your life. I will teach on that another time, just for time. Prayer will bring growth and transformation in your life. The second thing that prayer will do is when we, when we need to make a request to God, when we, need to re, when we need to pray because there's certain promises and certain blessings that we need to be released, we go into prayer and prayer becomes the request so that we can receive from the Lord. Is there someone in the house? Someone say amen. The third thing is that prayer does is that prayer allows us to make decrees. Because we're on certain authority so we can make decrees. There are things which we request and there's things that we command and demand in the realms of the spirit. Because of our spiritual position and authority. And also the fourth thing what prayer does, it prayers brings us into a place of warfare and intercession. That's what prayer does, it brings us into a place of warfare and intercession. And here in this chapter, Jehoshaphat began to inquire of the Lord and he began to pray and he called the nation, he called the people together and said, let us go into a time of fasting. Sometimes you have to call your family together when you're facing some challenges and, and whether they like it, yes or no, the fridge is closed. 
the cupboard is closed, and we are all going on fasting. That's how I was raised. That's why you can't play with me. You can't play with me. Because from we were children, and now today they were phone social services. That's a whole different thing. But in those days, even when we were children, when mom says it's fasting, everybody has to fast. We had to learn the discipline of fasting because there's some challenges which you are going to face. And if you have not fasted, there's some things that will not move. It will not shift until you pray and fast. Because you have to move up in the levels of your authority. There's some demons you can fight on certain levels. But as you begin to grow, you need to excel in authority. You need to excel in strength. You need to excel in power. Because you're fighting something that's much stronger. I, I, I went in the gym the other day and I haven't done weight training for a little while because I had injured my shoulder. And normally I can do about 15K just doing my bench press. I went to lift up 15K. Can't lift up 15K. Can't do it. Man, I had to humble myself, bring the weight down to, the, to very, very little weight and start all over again. And we have to build ourselves up because sometimes we're trying to go in a level you are not capable of. You're sometimes you're trying to jump into a level and deal with stuff you are not capable of because you have not exercised yourself in the realms of the spirit to deal with some stuff. And you've got to understand we have to excel. We have to make sure we are exercising because there's things which we, are, we have to deal with which are heavyweight stuff. And when it comes to heavyweight stuff, if you can't do 20K, you're going to have to go down to 5K and build yourself up until you can reach the 20K. And that's what it is like in the realms of the spirit. Some of us are lightweight in the realms of the spirit. We don't carry weight. We don't carry authority. That's why in, in Acts it said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but hang on a second, who are you? Because you don't carry no weight in the spirit. You don't, you don't have no authority. I mean, you're talking, but you carry no weight. Because you don't pray, you don't fast. And so you, you can't cast out demons when you've got demons in yourself kingdom divided against itself can't stand and that's why some people's prayers are not answered you can't sleep with the demon and then expect to cast that demons don't work so we have to exercise so prayer and fasting allows us to gain the strength we need to fight the battle that's ahead of us Jehoshaphat is seen that he's dealing with a whole army. He's dealing with the Ammonites, the Moabites, and others. And so he's looking in his, in his natural self. In his natural self, the first thing he's, he's doing is fear. He's looking and saying, we're in a place of fear. So many, so many of us come to that point where what we did, we get a letter through the post. And, and instantly our hearts just drop. Because you're looking and saying, how am I going to deal with this? But how we deal with it, we go into the place of prayer and we call fasting. You see, as a nation, when we see the things that's ahead of us, that's coming, when it's greater than what we have, that's when the nation should be called into a place of prayer and fasting. 
Because what we are about to deal with, they don't have the answer and they don't know how to resolve this. They've been warning over and over and over again. There's some hard times coming. There's some tough times coming. What we have to do is engage in prayer and fasting so we can have the strength and the know-how how to deal with these things when they come. And so the people responded and the king cried out at the temple, the Joseph had called out, power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand against you. And he, Joseph is crying out and he's saying, Lord, you will hear us and save us. Open our eyes. Our eyes are upon you. And he was, what Jehoshaphat began to do, he began to pray. And I, I need to go into things because you have to understand when Jehoshaphat's praying, there are some strategic things that are taking place. There are some strategic things that's taking place. When Jehoshaphat's praying, he's not praying against the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Mount Seers. He's not praying that. They are not his focus. Help us, Lord. He's not praying against them. What he's doing, he's reminding God of how strong God is. Oh Lord, this is strategy. Most of us, when we have a problem, if we have a problem in our workplaces, we are praying against the people in our workplaces. If you have a problem with your neighbor, you're praying against your neighbor. Jehoshaphat doesn't do that. He ignores them completely. You're not my focus. What Jehoshaphat's focus is on is how big God is. So our prayer strategy and us, how we pray sometimes is not the right strategy. And what Jehoshaphat is saying is, God, you are so mighty. You are so powerful. All power is in your hands. No one is able to stand up against you. He begins to speak of the greatness of God. That's that's what we do when we praise. When we praise, we're speaking of how big God is. How awesome he is. How strong he is. Because when you're doing that, it causes your faith to arise. Because you got to deal with a battle. you got to deal with some stuff. And so your faith needs to be able to arise so you can deal with the issues. Lord. Hallelujah. But when he prays, there's nothing in scripture that says when he's praying, he feels anything. Because so many of us, when we're praying, we want to feel. Prayer is not about feeling, it's about results. I don't pray for feelings. Because you can come up here and you're praying, you're praying, you're praying, you're praying. And sometimes it feels like it's bouncing off the walls, it ain't going anywhere. It's not about your feelings. Prayer is about results. I'm praying because results are going to happen. So whether I feel it, or I don't feel it, is not my issue. I'm not praying according to my feelings. I'm praying to God because I know he will bring me results. It's done. It's done. And so when Jehoshaphat begins to pray, and sometimes when we begin to pray, God will bring answers in directions you didn't expect. 
Because you're thinking that he's coming to he's coming directly to you. But what happens was when Jehoshaphat begins to pray, it, it allows God's hands to get involved in the situation. The prayer loses God's hands. It gives God the legal authority and right to come down and begin to deal with things. But our God is seated upon the throne. But when he prays, what, what is released through prayer is a strategy. Because sometimes we're praying and we don't even know what results. We don't even know what we're looking for. But prayer is strategic. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing these words right. But it sounds good. It sounds about right. But when you pray... What happens is, because sometimes we think because God answered in one way last time, he's going to do exactly the same as he did before. Because we are so caught up with the pattern. Because someone so prayed like this last time, and this is what I said last time, so God is going to come through that, that channel. No, he may not come through that channel. And that's the same with the musicians and with artists. They struggle with me. Because I go all over the place. I said to Ariel, Ariel, I need to play keyboards. I know Ben is, is, is the most dangerous keyboard player we have. But because with me, you have to follow me. Because you don't know where I'm going. I don't want to make the, I don't make myself predictable. If you're predictable, the devil knows exactly what you're going to do. He don't know what I'm going to do. I'm unpredictable. And that's how I worship. I'm unpredictable. Because if, if the devil knows all the songs I'm going to sing, he will block them. So we don't base everything according to pattern. We base it based upon a principle. And so what happened when, when Jehoshaphat and the people started to pray, what God done, it released the Lord to speak through a prophet called Jehazel. So when you're praying... And you're thinking, God ain't answering my prayers. He's answering your prayers. And God speaks through his prophet. He speaks through his prophet and he gives the prophet a word. Because sometimes what we need in our lives is a strategy. Because sometimes we say we want power. And sometimes it's not power, it's smartness. What I need I'm going into a situation. And what I need when I go into this situation, I need a strategy. Because if the Lord gives me a strategy, I'm coming out a winner. I just need, if I'm going to build a house, I can't just put bricks and everything together. There must be a plan. There must be a blueprint. And so what I'm doing is asking the Lord, when I'm praying, I'm asking the Lord, how am I going to deal with it? Because last time we dealt with the enemy this way. But now I'm facing another situation. Lord, how shall I deal with it? You remember when David was when, um, in First uh, uh, Samuel chapter 30, when they had come to Zitlag, and they had taken D- David's wives and all, his, and all his possession? David didn't just say, you know what, I'm a man of war, let's sharpen our swords, let's go out there and go and kill. What David done was inquired of the Lord, Stop a second. Because the normal thing would be, I'm a man of war. I'm going out to fight and go out and you will get defeated. But what David done 
is he stopped because it's not about your strength. And this is what Josephus was saying. Josephus was saying, we are not doing this based upon our strength. In, in, in fact, we are weak. We are, we are afraid at the moment. What we are doing is depending on you. I'm trying to give you a strategy here. What David done was he didn't just draw a sword and charge. David inquired of the Lord, what shall I do? Shall I pursue these people? And shall I overtake them? And then he waited. He waited. That's what prayer does. What is, what's he waiting for? He's waiting for strategy. Some of us, we go running into situation and God hasn't told you anything. You have no strategy and therefore you get whooped. You get defeated because you have no strategy. You haven't waited on the Lord. You haven't prayed. When you've prayed, you have prayed, you have to wait. What did the Lord tell you to do? And if he hasn't told you anything to do, then you have to wait. And wait means waiting in a place of expectation because I know there's a word coming. I know I have to deal with this, but I don't know what direction. So I'm waiting. I am not trusting in my flesh to fight against something in the spirit. I've got to wait on the Lord. And that's why David waited. Was, and he was under pressure because his own men were thinking of killing him. That's pressure. When your own people, your own people say, we're going to kill you in the morning. You mess up, you mess us up. And you know, David's men, men were mighty men. These were not people you play with. And you got that pressure on your neck that, listen, I've got to do something because they're going to kill me. But to put that aside, to put your emotions to one side and say, I'm still going to wait on the Lord. Lord, what shall I do? Shall I pursue these people? Shall I overtake? And, the Lord, and he waited until the Lord gave him a word and said, David... You can pursue, you shall overtake, and here, and without fail, you're going to recover everything back. Now I can go, because I'm going in the strength of what the word has been released to me. I'm going in that strength. I'm not going in my own might. I'm going in the strength of the Lord. So here, in this situation here, their prayer is about God. They're reminding God about his power. They're reminding God in verse number um, six how awesome he is. No one is able to withstand against him. In verse number 12, they begin to confess their weakness and they speak about the strength of the Lord. And some people will say, well, pastor, that's all well and good, but if you were a true Christian, God would not permit these things to happen to you. (laughs) If you're a true Christian, why has the Lord allowed these things to happen to you? That's a good question. That's a good question. If you serve this God, why didn't he warn you beforehand? Why, why do you serve a God, Ministry Vaughan, that puts you in impossible situations? What kind of God do you serve? What kind of God do you serve, Leslie, that allows you to be put into a situation where the odds are against you? What kind of God is this? And I'll tell you what kind of God is. It's the kind of God that allows situations to come to drive us to our knees. Because there's some situation we would not pray 
unless. Sometimes I have to be saying, Lord, I don't want these things to be taken away from me yet because these are the fuel that I need for me to pray. I need some fuel to pray. In some situation, it causes me, there's a, 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 something that rises up in me that says I've got to pray because I'm, I'm not a person, I, I, I don't do with defeat. <laughs> I just don't believe that Jesus died on the cross for me to be defeated. I can't, I can't believe that gospel. That I, I don't see that in the gospel. He died on the cross for me to have victory. So if there's a defeat and I'm defeated, and I'm broken, and I mash up and continue to stay down there, something's wrong with that gospel. Something's wrong. So there are certain situations that God will permit. And the reason why he permits disappointments to come to us, sometimes there's things that you want and you didn't get. These things come because it's supposed to be the fuel for you to pray. That's why I still say it, church. None of us in here can pray like African people. None of us. I'll take you to where I went. I'll take you to where I went. And they will wipe the floor with us. I left 7.30 in the evening to go to preach. I go to the church. I preach. I minister. I have food. I talk. And I come back home. And it's about 11 o'clock and the church that was next to me, where my hotel was, they started 7.30 in prayer. That's when I heard them. 11 o'clock, they were still praying. I, I'm, I said 11 o'clock, they were still praying. 12 o'clock, they were still praying. 1 o'clock, they were still praying. 2 o'clock in the morning. 3 o'clock in the morning. 4 o'clock in the morning. 5 o'clock in the morning. They were still praying. The churches in England asked them to pray like we did yesterday for an hour. We don't even see you. You have no fuel to pray. You got everything. We got everything. We go home, we got central heating, man. Come on. We go home, we got food. We got... We got open the fridge, we got food galore. If we don't feel well, we jump on the bus, we go to Ed Mayday. <laughs> you go to a place where the hospital, when, they, when I saw the hospital, I was like, you know what? I better hold myself until I get back to the UK. I better hold, hold myself. You better know how to pray. And the, that's why sometimes the things we go through drives us to pray. Because I, when, when, when I was there and, and listened to them praying, I was like, I, I go into different realms, man. I go into realms because these are people who know how to pray. They ain't playing. These are people not, not praying, you know, hallelujah. I mean, they are giving. They're praying. And sometimes for us in the UK, there has, sometimes the Lord will permit things to happen so that the church will pray. And pray with some passion. Lord of mercy. I want to ask you, what drives you to your knee? What causes you to pray? What drives you to your knee? What is it that drives you to the place where you can say, sweet hour of prayer? What drives you? What motivates you to go and pray? There are some, some things that... <laughs> David had a thorn. Talk about a thorn in his flesh. There's some things that 
just annoying, hurts. I have to deal with. Three times, three times I've been at the place where I've been at death's door and death's come knocking. You better know how to use these things. They're called your knees. You have to know how to pray. Are you with me? So prayer released a strategic word and the the prophet was able to, to speak as the Lord was giving him the word, because pr- the God, because God has a way of speaking prophetically. Isaiah fifty-five eleven says, "So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth; it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I sent it." So God has a word. And, and when he speaks his word, it's for us to believe his word. So if you have a problem with prophets, you won't have an answer. You have an issue with prophets, you are going to miss out because the, the strategy that you need, you've already turned your ears against it. That's why you have to believe the, pros- the prophets and then you will prosper. Because Jehoshaphat didn't get a word directly to himself, God used a prophet. God used a prophet, Jehazel, and says, now go and prophesy to them. And for, verse number 14 and 15, so the prophet came as the anointing began to move upon him and the spirit of the Lord began to speak, speak through him. He began to prophesy. And as he prophesied, he says this, do not be afraid. Man of God, woman of God, I know the odds are against you. You're dealing with situations that's tough and hard. One of the first things you've got to understand is do not be afraid. He didn't say anything else. The first thing he said when you're facing challenges, facing difficulty, facing hard things, the first thing he says, do not be afraid. It's important because fear will cancel what God wants to do. So whatever your challenge is, whatever the difficulty is, remove fear. Get rid of fear. Do not fear. Be afraid. Nor dismay because of this great multitude. I know what you are seeing. What you've seen and what you heard is big. I get it. But don't you be afraid. I'm going to, here's a strategy. Don't be afraid. For the Lord says, hear what he's saying. Is listen guys, don't be afraid. The battle is not yours. But I'm putting you into a situation. Because I've got to let the enemy know there's some people you can't ramp with. This is, sometimes we think it's about, what did I do wrong? And Lord, well, I, 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 maybe I didn't pray enough. Because sometimes it's not about you. It's just that God is going to use you to let the enemy know there's some people you don't play with. If you play with this particular brother, <laughs> if you play with this particular sister, they don't back up. They become more intense. If you look at the captivity of the children of Israel, when they were put put into captivity, 
And they had to make bricks with straw. And they got beaten and whipped. And they were under harsh condition. You know what they done? They cried out to God. And in their crying out to God, God raised up a deliverer. His name was Moses. The devil realized that there's some people when you put them under pressure, oil starts to come. There's some people, when I mean oil, they get anointed. There's some people, you put them under pressure and you squeeze them. Those of you who've been on, on Monday, the leadership training, you hear what Pastor Reed was saying. When you've been put under pressure, some of my best sermons have come when I've been under pressure. It hasn't been when I've been at the top of the mountain. Some of the best sermons you hear me preach is when all hell is break loose. Because it squeezes you, Joe. It squeezes you. And the anointing come. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh, Jesus. But what the enemy realized, that when you push Christians too hard, they become dangerous. Their ears become so in tune to God because they're looking for a deliverer. And when we who are born again Christians, we can be dangerous because we can change and alter things in the realms of the spirit. Oh God, I wish I had the church. But what the devil done, he says, you know what? In, when they caught them, the children of Israel, the second time under Nebuchadnezzar, and brought the children of Israel into Babylon, the devil changed the strategy. Because he said, if I pressure these people, they're going to call upon the Lord, and the Lord's going to answer them, and they're going to have a deliverer. But this time, what the devil said, what the enemy says is, oh, I'll tell you what we do, we're going to give you land. We're going to make you comfortable whilst you're in captivity. That's why certain riches comes with certain tags. There's certain things you have to be careful of. Not everything you call a blessing. And if you haven't controlled your passions, you're going to get messed up. Because you think, oh, because there's been some job opportunities and they've dangled some good money. And some people will get up in church, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Oh my Lord, I'm blessed. God bless me with a job. But what happened next week Sunday, you ain't in church. The following week Sunday, you're not in church. The devil tie you up so much, you're so busy. When we say, when, when the next time we're going to see you in church? Well, I don't know. Because that's the strategy. Lord, I'm helping you here. If you understand, you have to understand what the devil done his, in, in Babylon. He says, no, no, I'm not going to pressure these people. I'm going to give them stuff. I'm going to give you everything that you need. Thank you for your comfort. I'm giving you everything that there is no reason for you to call on the Lord. You see, I, I grew up, Joseph's mom and, and dad, we all grew up. We didn't have, we, they didn't have much money. But they knew how to pray. Because when you need food on Sunday, and you've got seven children, and you ain't got no money, you better know how to pray. You best know how to pray. But the devil says, no, no, no. If I give you everything, if I give you the money, I give you position, I give you wealth, I give you all these things, 
We don't see you in church anymore. Help us, Father. So they began to say, so Lord says, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Because what he's saying, look, by what you see, this battle that you are facing, I need you to know, hear the the word, it's not yours, it's mine. They've troubled the wrong people. Because whenever you're in a place of fear, it means that you are not able to trust God the way you need to trust God. When you're in a fear, can never change the situation. Change never, fear, sorry, fear can never change your circumstance. Fear will never cause you to be a conqueror. Fear would always cause you to focus on the wrong thing. That's why you've got to get rid of fear. And in scripture, God speaks over, because one of the things God's people suffers from is fear. And that's why in the book of Isaiah, the Lord always keeps speaking and says, Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, he says, I will help you. Fear not, I have redeemed thee. Fear not, I have called you by name. Fear not, you are mine. And he says, don't be dismayed. In other words, don't allow discouragement to come into your heart. Don't get stressed out. Because the battle is not yours. This battle, what the Lord was saying, this is something spiritual. And the Paul says, though we live in this world, we do not rage war as the world does. For the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. They are the weapons we have, they are they have divine power. The weapons we have have divine power to bring down and demolish strongholds. So the, as I'm rushing, so what was needed was a strategy, and here was a strategy. The Lord says, in this fight, you don't have to fight. But what I want you to do, listen to what he says, I needed to set yourself and stand he still and watch and see how I'm going to bring the deliverance. He's saying to them, I want you, what he's saying is, he says, what I need you to do in this fight, I want you to position yourself, because sometimes many of us come out of position. Our circumstances or whatever we're going through causes us to move from our position. You can't get victory when you're not in the right position. I'm talking strategies here. That's why it's important that you're at the right place at the right time. It's called strategy. I was watching this football thing and they were taking a free kick. And one of the brothers, the goalkeeper's there. And one of the the, the, the defenders run back because he saw a gap. And he was standing where the gap was. And the goalkeeper told him, get out there. Move from there. And so he ran back. He was out of position. Where does the ball go? Right where he was standing. Sometimes we move out of our position. And the enemy is able to get the victory. Because you're not in the right position. So the Lord says, 
go and get yourself back into position. You've shifted. You've moved out of your position. Get yourself back into position and set yourself. If a boxer's going to throw a punch, he sets himself. He has to have a certain position that he knows that because if you stand like this, when wind come, you fall over. Some of us, our position is so wrong. You've got to position yourself because I'm getting ready to fight. Lord, I don't know if you're ready for this. I better get going. And he says, position yourself and stay in your position. Remain in your position. The enemy's going to whisper. Distraction's going to come. Don't move from your position. Because I'm about to do something. And I need you in the right place for what I'm going to do. Don't look at what I've done before. Because you're looking at patterns. Patterns change. Patterns change. I've got to rush this. So what he says is now, Jehoshaphat, go and get me some singers. I'm going to position them in the place of warfare. But back in those days, women didn't go to war. He says, go and get me some singers and worshippers. They weren't women. That tells you how men have moved out of their place. It tells you how men have moved out of their place. Because when it comes to warfare, we men are now depending on the women. It's called the woman king. Ousa. Yeah. The men have moved out of their position. And we've started saying, well, we don't do praise and worship. That's for the women. Let the women go on the front line. And what we've done is abdicated our position. When the scripture was saying, go and get those guys, men of war, put them on the front line. You got to fight for your family. You got to fight for your community. You got to fight. Go and get those men and position them and get them ready to sing. It wasn't a feminine thing. It's that I need certain people who knows how to engage in the heavenlies. I don't want anyone going into into warfare. And whilst I'm going into warfare, you're standing around looking at the sky and you ain't ready. You ain't ready. Go and find people who knows how to go into the realms of the spirit in their praise and in their worship. You see, we got all beautiful voices there. But back in the days, we got the church mothers. They got their tambourine and they strike up a song and we went to war. We're the men. Because the Lord says this time when you can get people 
who know not to sing in any kind of song, but knows how to tap into the realms of the spirit. What you don't understand, this is what I'm trying to say, that there's power in your praise. As they began to praise, they went into the realms of the spirit. And God started to move strategically and start to set an ambush against them and cause the enemy to be defeated through the power of praise. Someone say the power of praise. The power of praise. They began to sing. They went out and they began to sing praises. They began to sing how awesome God is. How wonderful he is. How glorious God is. And as they began to sing, God gave them the victory. Sometimes when you come into the house of God, sometimes you have to sing until inspiration comes. Sometimes when we come into worship, we don't always enter in the realms we need to. Because sometimes in the atmosphere, we are dealing with demonic forces. You don't understand. Oh, Lord, I wish I had time. Yvonne, you, you coming on afterwards? Okay, because I don't think, I, I, I haven't got time. That's why some of you were happy until you walked through the doors. And you don't understand the enemy was waiting to bind you up. That's why when the song's going on, you still can't sing. Because you're bound. You're bound. And so what we have to do when we are worshipping, we sense, we feel in the atmosphere, something came right here because the people ain't worshipping. Your face is sour. You look like someone upset you. Like you're vexed to be out today. And there's no joy. It's like someone forced you to be out. And then someone pours cement into your shoes. You can't move. You're bound. And you don't even know you're bound. And so what we got to do when we worship, we don't always get straight there. It takes a while. Because sometimes we are battling with demons in the spirit. We're dealing with demons that wants to hinder the praises. And what we got to do is clear the atmosphere. We're shifting the atmosphere. And so when you just leave it, well, it's, to, it's the praise team. It's not the praise team, it's the church. We have to come together and praise him and worship him. And so sometimes we're praising and we have to worship. Sometimes we have to push. We have to push because we have things pushing against us. And so you've got to push until that inspiration comes. You've got to worship until it begins to flow out of your bellies. If you came today to worship and there ain't no sweat from you, you ain't worshipped. You just came to church. You just came and looked good. But worship requires work. Because we're shifting things. We're moving things. We're deprogramming things in the spirit. And so what happens as they began to worship, God was able to give them victory because there was power. Find some people who knows about, who has power in their praise. How many of you have power in your praise. How many of you, when you start praising, the devil gets nervous? The devil's, oh no, not him again. 
Oh, oh, not him again. He caused me too much problems. So that's why he wants to try to you lose, you, you lose your voice. You, you, you sound croaky. But if I can push through that, my victory is coming. And the victory is not just for myself. It's for everybody connected to me. Oh, I wish I had a help in here. I wish I had a help in here. Praise him. We praise him. If I can push past my circumstances, I push past my pain. If I can push past my hurt and my frustration, there is a victory on the other side. I got to push in my praise. I got to push in my praise because there is power in my praise. There is power in my praise because the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And his mercies endure forever. God, you are good. God, you are great. Great and mighty are you, O Lord. Awesome are you in all of your ways. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let God arise. And his enemies be scattered. Let God arise in your praise. Let God arise in your praise. And let the enemies be scattered. Your praise will break the enemy. Your praise will break the enemy. Your praise will break every chain. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, some of you are struggling today. Some of you are struggling. But in the name of Jesus, I command every chain, every oppression that's been upon you. I command every chain upon you. Be broken in the name of Jesus. Be broken in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I break the enemy's power over your life. I destroy the enemy's power over your life. In the name of Jesus. Come on, clap your hands. Oh, ye people, shout to God with the voice of triumph. We pray you're encouraged with the word of God. For more information about Restoration City Church, please visit us at www.restorationcc.org.uk.